by Riverside. Take season three, episode eight. Welcome to the podcast. If you have not done so already, make sure you like, follow, subscribe to the podcast wherever you're getting our content from, whether it's Apple, Spotify, somewhere else that we don't know of. Make sure that you do so. Leave us a positive review, five stars. We greatly appreciate it. Make sure if you also haven't already done so, head over to the Garage Takes YouTube channel and hit that subscribe button. Something new we're doing this year and we greatly appreciate all you guys that hit that subscribe button and help us grow this thing. Brant, want to welcome you in, want to hop right in, um, want to talk a little bit of Michigan football. Let's talk a little Ohio State, Notre Dame, Ryan Day, talk Big Ten a little bit. And then I want to get your thoughts on the Lions, too. I know you were at the game, at that Falcons game. I want to hear what that was like. Um, and I also want to talk about a quick turnaround here as the Lions travel to Green Bay here Thursday night. Uh, but I welcome you in first, man. How are you doing? Doing great, Dave. Coming off of uh, that Sunday at Ford Field, that was amazing. Um, great time. Had by everybody I was with. Um, just a... F- fantastic environment dude uh <laughs> i mean that place was absolutely rocking i know we saw, talked about last week on the pod how great that atmosphere was going to be and i mean i think it played a, a crucial difference dave i mean you could tell it shook the falcons and desmond ritter i mean it helped uh cause some penalties um he, he definitely was missing receivers that were open and it was it was awesome to see man it was a lot of fun Awesome, awesome. Well, let's uh let let let's actually stick right there for a minute. Let's let's do Lions first. I'm gonna flip this script up just uh just a little bit because you're kind of leading right into it. So yeah, the environment. I mean, I clearly I was listening on the broadcast and they're like, this is like college football game in here. It was it was so loud. You could tell that Ritter was bothered and. I mean, really, Brant, the Lions did exactly what we talked last time about what we wanted them to do, which was to put pressure on him. They did. I mean, at one point, I think they saw they had five or six sacks. I'm not sure exactly how many they ended up with, but they brought the heat into Aaron Glenn's credit. He changed up schematically what they were doing. Like after we kind of complained at the, the lack of aggression against the Seahawks, to his credit, that's what good coaches do. You go out and make an adjustment, and and clearly had he had an idea to to make uh, Ritter uncomfortable to contain Bijan Robinson, which I thought they did an outstanding job of. And they went in, and you know they sure they scored twenty points or whatever it was. Um, maybe left a little bit, you know, to be desired on on offense. I think they're definitely missing David Montgomery. Um, that O-line is banged up. But, man, defensively, that was everything you could ask for and more. Do you agree? Yeah, absolutely, Dave. I mean, <clears throat> it is almost it almost felt like that game had to be won the way that they won it. It felt like the defense had to play that type of game for them to win. And, Dave, you talked about the missing pieces that were on offense. But how about those pieces that were there? Sam Laporta with an, a, a major play. Um <clears throat> I don't know if that was Ben Johnson's call on the goal line for the Jared Goff zone read keeper situation, but whether it was Jared Goff reading that play or Ben Johnson just says, you know what, I think you're going to be so open on this, you better just pull it. Whatever happened there, it was 
it was beautiful to watch. It was like a symphony almost. Like it, it was just like we were coaching circles around the Falcons coaching staff, and that's that's such a good feeling, Dave, because it starts to instill trust. And you had already talked about the defensive game plan from Eric, or, or I'm sorry, Aaron Glenn. Um, and you know he puts Derek Barnes on the edge, and and all of a sudden it's it's a little bit different, right? And it's something that this you know this offense hadn't seen yet uh, from the Falcons' offensive side of the ball. They hadn't seen that from the Lions, so it's just you know the blitzing was a little different. There were some different packages that Aaron Glenn rolled out there, and everything seemed to be working. And I know. Dave, it's the NFL. Sometimes these things aren't going to click like that. But on Sunday, it was clicking, and it's the reason that they won the game. Was It's it's odd to say, but the coaching really pulled this one out, Dave. Absolutely. Um, I, I think that Dan Campbell, too, I mean, he's so unpredictable, man. It's like from game to game, I just don't know, like, what I'm going to get. Like, in this game, it seemed a little bit more – conservative like punting the football on like fourth and one or fourth and two like i'm like okay but at the same token it's like if you're a a opposing coach trying to plan for that like you just plan for the unexpected basically like it is kind of hard to get a get a read on him but you know as much as i love when dan is you know doing these crazy things and getting them at times like it's a video game it's also nice to kind of see like an NFL head coach out there just coach a sound game and get off the field and leave a team with six points. Like, I was really, really happy with this performance. I thought it was what the, exactly what the Lions needed, and they're right back on track. So here we are sitting at two and one, and you know you've got a uh, your your first divisional opponent of the year in Green Bay. And it's a quick turnaround. Brant, you know how I feel about Thursday night football. Not a fan. Sloppy games. I just, they've had a better slate of games this year, I, in my opinion, than they normally do for the for the Thursday night. Um, so that's been cool. But not a fan of Thursday night football, especially for a team like the Lions right now that are battling injuries. And, you know, to have a few days to turn around and, and go suit up and do it again. You know, you wonder... I know Taylor Decker went out and said that he he wanted to play, but, you know, he had to be cleared. And, I mean, the Lions are, although there wasn't too much more bloodshed in terms of injuries from that Falcons game, they're certainly um, way less than 100%. And, Brant, I guess let's let's lead in there to this Packers game. What are you expecting to see Thursday night at Lambeau? Is this Packers team... That's been a, a pretty pleasant surprise um, to the league, I would say, in the start of the Jordan Love era. They had a big comeback win against, the, I think it was the Saints this past weekend. Um, your thoughts on this team and, and this upcoming game and um, your thoughts on what Detroit needs to do to, to, to get out of Lambeau with a W. Yeah, Dave, I think you touched on it a little bit. Thursday night games tend to just be gross um, in general. And the things that I don't like about them with the quick turnaround is – not everybody's healthy. You don't get a full game plan. You don't get a full game prep. And especially when we're talking about divisional games. Dave, this game is massive. I mean, for it to come on a four-day rest, is three-day rest, whatever it is, uh, I, I don't like that, Dave. I don't like the fact that it, it has to be like this. But nonetheless, this is your schedule and you have to deal with it. So I would expect it to be another defensive battle. I would think 
<laughs> the unders probably in play here. Uh, I think they beat the Saints 18-17, and, and the Packers are not lighting anybody up by any means, but they're doing enough. They're, they're playing sound enough football. Jordan Love has been good enough. Um, you know, their receivers are actually a little bit – I know last year, Dave, you and I talked about Romeo Dubs a little bit, Dobbs. Um, he's really come on the scene this year. He's played really well. Uh, Jaden Reed, obviously, out of uh, Michigan State. Christian Watson, who knows if he's going to play, uh, could be a factor in this game. But their offense has been good enough. And with that offensive line, Dave, they're going to push you around a little bit. I would definitely expect this to be a low-scoring game. Can the Lions battle it out enough to get a win? I think they're going to have to, <laughs> to use the Dan Campbell term, they're going to have to grit this one out. I think this is going to be a close game. I'd like it to be more of a defensive battle. May come down to golf leading these guys, man. Yeah, I I agree. And I, I mean, I think one thing to, to remember about that Packers Saints game too is like they were down 17-0 at one point. I think turned around and won that game like 18-17. So that's an emotional win right there. Those guys, I mean, and credit to Matt LaFleur and getting these guys like in a spot to win a game like that with a unproven quarterback. I mean, they're, they've got injuries too with Christian Watson was out. Aaron Jones was out. So yeah, they're getting it done and they're sitting at two and one and they look to be the only clear um, contender in the NFC North as the, the Vikings and the bears are both. Oh, and three, right? So, so yeah, this is a big game. It's a really big game, actually. This is the difference of being three and one or two and two because you're either on top of the division after Thursday night or you're sitting in second. So yeah, it is only four weeks in, but it's a, a super important game. And I think just like you said, Brant, it's gonna be a gritty one. And you know, we we will talk and make our predictions here in the betting segment when we get there. Um, but man, I'm just hoping for continued health for this team. Like, give me a couple of guys back, or these guys that are hopefully on the mend. They're gonna need guys like Brian Branch to have a game like he had this past weekend, just absolutely step up. That's what this team needs right now. Um, all right, Brant, I do want to shift in before we come back to to the bets. I do want to talk a little college football with you. First of all, just around college football, I, I've, I've got to talk Coach Prime in Colorado real quick. Um, your your thoughts on an absolute butt whooping uh, from Oregon and, and Dan Landing doing all the talking and then backing it up with the walking as well. Were you surprised by that? No, I wasn't. I'm really upset about myself on the last podcast because I allowed myself to buy into this when I, I felt like I knew better. That's a tough environment. That's a p- tough place to go up there without your star player. Um, you saw just how bad that offensive line was, how disconnected they were as a unit, how disconnected that entire team was, it felt like. As soon as they hit a little bit of adversity, Dan Lanning, he said it at halftime, there was going to be no mercy. He did not care. Um, and so I think that just shows you the chip on their shoulder that they had coming into that game. I mean, his pregame, he was talking about, um, you know, they're doing this for clicks. We're doing this for actual wins. So um, I think Dan Lanning had those guys very motivated. I, if I could have changed it on Saturday, Dave, I definitely would have. I just had a really bad feeling going into that game. And <clears throat> I think they 
It was either their second or third possession, Dave. Oregon had already scored on their first two possessions. I think it was on their third possession. They said, you know, we're on our own 21. We're going to run a fake punt anyway. Doesn't matter. We're going to pick it up. They picked it up with like 20 yards to spare. It was a absolute butt kicking from the word go on Saturday for Colorado. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the definitely the the hype train slowed up on Colorado. You felt like it was coming, but um, I don't know if I thought it would be in that fashion. Um, I, yes, it's a tough place to play and all that. I just I was definitely uh, buying into the whole Coach Prime everything there, and I knew obviously Travis Hunter wasn't going to be there. But I mean, they just shut Shadur Sanders looked like a different quarterback. I mean, they just, they shut it down. So credit to Oregon. I want to continue to do a quick little roundabout of some, some big games from last weekend. Say what you will about Clemson. We know that they're seemed down. They already had a loss on the schedule before they hosted Florida State, but it's still Clemson. Florida State edges out a gutsy win in overtime. Brandon, I know you were high on Florida State before the season started. Um, obviously, Jordan Travis looks like the the, the real deal. Um, you sold on Florida State being a college football playoff contender. Yeah, I'm sold on them being a playoff contender, but I don't think they're that great. Uh, and I know that's kind of a reverse take, but you survived Boston College by two. Probably should have lost that game. If Clemson doesn't have a kid that is like – not on the team, have to come in and kick. They probably lose that game. Uh, Clemson had an injured kicker. That was a huge piece of that that people are not talking about. So, to me, <laughs> there's a chance you could be 2-2. Two and two. Um, They have obvious problems. And that's that's to be expected. But you know what? They're 4-0. They have done enough to, to be where they are right now. Some would consider them the best team in the country because they have the LSU win. You know, now you have the Clemson win. And I understand what those people are saying. I totally get it. I, I, I have a hard time sure. pushing back on that. But um, I, I think the most important thing to say at the end of the day is it's still so early in the college football season that a lot of this is going to get worked out. And I think Florida State could be looking at an upset somewhere down this stretch is what I'm thinking. That's fair. That is fair. Um Quickly, uh, Penn State over Iowa. Not much to talk about there. Penn State just ran him off the field. Iowa. I, I, I don't think Brian Ferentz is going to get his uh, his his raise or keep his job after they throw up a whopping zero points against Penn State. So not much to talk about there besides the Penn State uh, hype train. I guess keeps rolling for whatever that is worth. Washington seems like the real deal. They're actually one of my favorites right now in the country, Michael Penix Jr. They just continue to just be unstoppable. They look like the Miami Dolphins of college football right now. Um, and then la- last but not least, before we get into to, to Michigan, Ohio State ugh, edges out last second touchdown to uh, to go and get the victory against Notre Dame. Ryan Day doing all the talking all the join seems like he wants to physically fight a 90 year old Lou Holtz. I don't know what he is doing. Brant, your thoughts on Ohio state. And do you buy the notion that it is Ohio versus everybody as Ryan day like to put it? No, I mean, I get it. He's politic and I understand that he's, he's heard a lot of criticism of criticisms of his team being tough, being called soft. I understand that, but listen, you didn't show us that you were tough. You had to throw the ball at the end of the game, and then you ran the ball against the ten man. <laughs> Basically, you know they had ten men out on the field at the end of the game. Whatever. I don't think you showed any more toughness than I've seen from any Ohio State team in the past. So I don't think you answer those questions. 
Good for Ryan Day to toot his own horn. I, I totally get it. Let's see you have that press conference after you play Penn State or Michigan, though. That's when you really should be doing your talking. I think Notre Dame had a lot of question marks coming in this game. Right. Go ahead, Dave. Right. Um, no, go ahead. Sure. No, sorry. You're you're a little choppy on my end here with the internet, so I'm not exactly sure when you're um, when you're done talking. So my bad. I was just gonna say, yeah, I I don't feel any more impressed by Ohio State after winning that. Like, and that's not just being a Michigan fan hating on Ohio State. I just it wasn't that impressive of uh, of a win. And like you said, yeah, you're going against a ten man defense at, at the end. Whatever. That's not Ohio State's fault. It is what it is. Um, but. I don't know. I was. I'm gonna tell you what I was annoyed by, Brant. The whole Ohio versus everybody thing and being called soft. Well, that's because you have been soft against your rival, and 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 I, you deserve that criticism. So yeah, sure. You want to get that's your team. I would want my coach to do that too, right? You get a big win. He was hype. He was in the moment. He's like he's going off. I get the the whole like. Ohio State, Ohio State has been somehow disrespected, annoys me. Brant, I don't know another, I can't think of another college f- uh, football program that loses to their arch rival at the, at the end of the year in an embarrassing fashion, doesn't compete for a conference championship, and then backs their way into the college football playoff spot. Um, that sounds like they get a little, uh, a lot of respect from the media and from, from all these polls and what have you. So let's not play the boohoo card that nobody likes Ohio State. And well, I don't know. People don't like Ohio State. That's fair, but they don't, they don't get the respect that they somehow deserve. Like you can miss me with that Ryan day. That was a, that, that's a garbage take. Boohoo. Cannot wait to play those guys in November, but Brant, let's talk Michigan football. So I'll start and, and then I'll kick it over to, to, to you here. Um, and I felt like it was the, the tale of three quarters for, for Michigan. The first quarter was like, okay, Jim is back. I'm like all excited, pumped for this game. And then big play from Rutgers, like right out of the gate. And Michigan starts slow again. JJ's first two throws are questionable at best, almost interception, like not, not a good start. Um, and, and there's some criticism from this game as well. Like I still don't think that this running game has popped like it should. I still have some question marks of this offensive line, but I will say, and Brand, I don't know if you felt the same way, but as this game went on, it felt like the Michigan team under Harbaugh that we've been accustomed to over these last couple of years, which was a dominant performance for those next three quarters. And they just slowly, slowly stepped on them harder and harder until there was no more life left in, in, in Rutgers, a very well coached Rutgers team, might I add, like, Props to Greg Schiano. I, I really do think that with what he's been given there at Rutgers, he's done a great job. They are a, they're a physical team. They don't back down. I, they always play Michigan tough. And sure, you can look at the scoreboard and say, wasn't that tough? I, I still thought they played Michigan really tough. But it was good to see Will Johnson back and Rod Moore back. Neither of them had their best game. Had some miscommunication. Like, let's get that out of the way now. Um, as, as you're about to go on the road, even against Nebraska, night game in Minnesota. Like, I, it was good to see those guys actually suit up in whatever capacity. So I was happy about that. Um 
But yeah, over overall, I thought JJ got in into his groove as the game went on. Um, he certainly still has some question marks right now, his decision making and, and what have you. But I thought he did a good job running the ball effectively and safely, getting out of bounds. Um, besides the one first down he reached for, which worked out. But once again, I don't know if I, I love that in, in a game like that. Um but yeah, I mean, it was a pretty convincing win. I don't know how you can be mad about that as a Michigan fan, but season is officially started. Big Ten play is on. You, you, you travel soon here to, to Nebraska and then Minnesota. Brant, what were, what were your thoughts on this team and just a couple of takeaways? No, I thought the second half performance was was to be expected, and and they did. It was methodical. Uh, the interception, the pick six. It was it was very much opportunistic defense something we've become accustomed to. But, Dave, they really won on the line of scrimmage like we expect them to. Now, you touched on Rutgers a little bit. Man, Greg Schiano needs a quarterback. Like, I just feel like that program is so well coached, and they have players. They they actually played pretty good defense against Michigan. It's just when your quarterback can't give you anything, it is so tough. And, Dave, we're about to get into this in the next segment. I know this, but the Big Ten – they're, they have no quarterbacks, dude. Um, I mean, J, it's a JJ, and Kyle grew up a little bit for Ohio State this weekend. I understand that, but he hasn't shown to me anything. To he's a top ten quarterback in the you know college football, not even close. So um, I think <laughs> I think Michigan's lucky in this aspect for this year. They're not facing anything that is really going to challenge them. I don't think they should have too many problems with any quarterbacks. I should say. Defensively, they should be, they should be just fine, at looking down the pike here. So, um, what I, what I took away from Saturday though was Jim being back. It was methodical. It felt like old Michigan in the second half, and they went out and they did their thing. So I was happy to see that, especially you know going in that road game, Dave. It doesn't matter. Nebraska's going to fill that joint. It is going to be a hundred thousand strong. See red. You know, a couple of JJ mistakes, and all of a sudden you're in a dogfight against a team that has no business being in a dogfight with you. You know, we've seen it a time or two, Dave. We 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 certainly have, and I, I'm I'm happy once again though that Michigan gets out of that game relatively just injury free from what we know. It's all you can ask for in these kind of games, but um, yeah, it was it was good to see. Just even them respond to early adversity. I know people will laugh at like adversity against Rutgers, but no, I mean, you come out at home, there's all this energy and it was like sucked out of the stadium from what I could hear anyway on, you know, just sitting on my couch. It was like that game was so hype. Harbaugh's back. He's doing his thing. And then boom, that touchdown. And then the offense comes out, stopped right away. And it's like, okay, how do you respond? And they responded very well as the game went on. They just looked better and better. So I am feeling, feeling optimistic. Um, Brant, quickly before we talk about um, just the Big Ten in general that you already kind of alluded to here and the you know the expansion uh, that will be happening next year, quick thoughts on this Nebraska game. Yeah, Dave, I've just got a couple things I want to say about this. I expect our defense to dominate. Um, they now have a quarterback that cannot throw the ball. He's not a very good thrower at all. Uh, but he's going to run a lot. I mean, he had like 19 or 20 carries last game. 
I expect him to get out of the pocket, try to create some havoc. But Michigan's defensive team speed should absolutely shut this down. And if we don't and he gets some scramble yards, I am going to get a little bit concerned. But it was really nice to have Rod Moore back in the secondary, Will Johnson back in the secondary. I expect these guys to step up, make tackles, shut down passing lanes, like take the ball away. It was a big difference from what I saw in the first three games with even having those guys back. I don't know if it was the confidence or, you know, Will Johnson is just that dude, Dave. So you can tell when he's on the field, man. Like, you can feel it. It's palpable. So I expect this defense to really shut this Nebraska team down. Um, and, and I expect Michigan to come out of there with a pretty convincing win. Yeah, absolutely. I'll, I'll weigh in a little bit more. I don't have too much more to add on that Nebraska game. I know we'll talk about them in the betting segment. But, Brant, real, really quickly on the Big Ten, you wanted to talk about this, so I'm going to turn it over to you. Um, talking about the the Big Ten expansion, the need for it, according to you, I want to hear your, your thoughts on that and exactly what you're, uh, what you're thinking right now. Dave, here comes my soliloquy. So, Saturday night, I'm stuck with a conundrum, right? Do I watch Penn State in Iowa or do I watch Notre Dame in Ohio State? Any rational person is probably going to watch Notre Dame, Ohio State, right? But then they get the Ohio State that we saw, and it was not flashy. It wasn't exciting. Dave, that Ohio State-Notre Dame game very much felt like a a Big Ten sloppy, kind of crappy to watch game. And then you flip over and you're like, well, Iowa-Penn State might be like a pretty good game going on over there. And then you find out it's 10-0 at half. And you're like, Iowa's got, what, 14 yards in the first half on offense? This is ridiculous. This is a problem for the Big Ten. Oh, and by the way, Michigan played Rutgers, and they beat them 31-7. to Okay, anything else going on in the Big Ten? Okay, probably not really. Oh, Minnesota and Northwestern, they went to overtime. That was cool. Not, like, what are we doing? Northwestern is a garbage team. And we have one of what is supposed to be a better team in the Big Ten West losing to them in overtime. And I know people say, well, look at the parody in this. No, that's a bad football team losing to a very much worse football team. Now, I think we have a problem across the board, Dave. Penn State beat Iowa 31-0. to Guess how many 20-plus yard plays Penn State had? Zero, Dave. They had none. You had no plays over 20 yards and you beat them 31 to 0. You already know dang well Iowa didn't have a 20 plus yard play. Like <laughs> Like go ahead. No, sorry. I was I was trying to say I didn't mean to, to hit oh, that drop okay. right there right when you were in the middle. No, of that. that's Keep okay. Going. I no no. I I am kind of embarrassed about this Dave, because we're going to need teams because our showcase games cannot be 31 to 0 shutouts with 76 yards of offense from Iowa or 74 yards whatever it was. That's embarrassing. Ohio State was was bad, Dave. Like I don't know how to say that like oh they played a really clean good game against a a pretty good Notre Dame team. No they didn't. Notre Dame just kept puking up on themselves. Like it was bad football. And so when we bring in USC, Washington, uh, UCLA, we're going to need these teams because we're going to need showcase games that actually produce. Now, would you rather watch Penn State and USC in Happy Valley for a whiteout game? Yes, you absolutely would. Like, you would be like, I have to watch this. Like, I don't have a choice tonight. So, 
And then you think about like, okay, what if like UCLA was Michigan's home opener? How hype would you be for that? You'd be like, Dante Moore gets to come back to town. How cool would that be? That would be awesome. So I'm just saying these would be such better matchups. And did you really want to go catch Rutgers get crushed 31 to seven by Michigan? And once again, not really get challenged. No, this is awful football for the Big Ten right now. And I'm sick and tired of people acting like, nah, Big Ten's like either the best conference or the second best conference. Uh, did you watch Minnesota Northwestern? Because that was an embarrassment uh, on, a, on, on a football level. Like, it was really bad. So anyway, um, I'll just leave you with this, Dave. Next year is going to be so much better for the Big Ten overall. And teams like USC and Washington and Oregon are going to make us so much better. And what Oregon did – I Dave, oh, my God. If Colorado came to the big house for their home opener – I mean, I know they're going to the Big 12, but they're in the Pac-12 right now. Like, that would have been so sweet. Like, Dion comes to town. Anyway, this this is out of control for the Big Ten. Like, 76 yards of offense for an entire game. Who wants to watch that? Please take that off ESPN. That's that's a mic drop moment right there for sure. Yeah, no, the, the Big Ten, eeks. Well, I, I will leave it at that. All right, man. Bring us home here in this betting segment, and then let's get on out of here. All right, Dave, sorry about that. Uh, I just had to get that off my chest. It was bothering me so bad Saturday. All right, so Lions at Packers. Um, we already talked about the game a little bit. Kind of a pick em here, Dave. Packers getting one point at home, so I guess you can consider the Lions the favorite by one point as of right now. So um, who do you like? Give me the Lions. I'm, okay. I'm, riding, I'm riding them. I'm, uh, I think they're going to get it done. I don't got much more to say about it. What about you? Yeah, you like Jared Goff maybe sneaking in for two touchdowns this week? Yeah, showing those wheels off. The roadrunner himself. <laughs> yeah, let's check this out, Dave. Um, you know, a lot of this depends on uh, the injuries that you're about to find out on, like, probably Thursday morning. Who's playing, who's not playing, back to Yari Jones. You know, everybody we talked about for the Packers, everybody that we've already talked about for the Lions. I like the Lions in this spot as well. I will take them to cover the one. I think that they can do enough to get over the hump, Go to Lambeau, get that big win. Got to put pressure on Jordan Love, Dave. This is what I think it comes down to. Like, I know you and I are both asking. Aaron Glenn, continue to do different things, please. All right. I don't know if you caught this, Dave. Dolphins went ahead and scored 70 points this weekend. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. update. They just scored another touchdown. Yeah, that was wild. I I can't remember the last time, if any time, I've watched a 70-point scored in an NFL game. What an embarrassment for Sean Payton and Russell Wilson and these guys. Whoa. Sean Payton's press game, post game, was amazing. Um, all right, so they are uh, they're actually two-and-a-half-point underdogs heading to Buffalo this weekend. Who do you like? This is going to be a great game. I, I, I think it will be interesting to see what this Bills defense does to contain – the Miami offense. Um, I am actually going to go with the Bills here to cover two and a half, which I think is maybe the not popular pick after watching the Dolphins continue to scorch the league. I'm assuming they get Jalen Waddle back too from concussion protocol this week. I don't have a ton of rationale besides just 
it's in Buffalo with some crazy Bills fans, and I just have a feeling that Josh Allen and these guys are going to get it done and win by a field goal. Give me the Bills. You know, Dave, I don't hate that take at all. I'm just going to be on the other side of you. Uh, see if this train keeps rolling. Um, they're the hot number right now. Keep playing it. I'll go with the Dolphins. All right, Chiefs at Jets. The reason I like this game is Zach Wilson is a mess, Dave. He is an absolute mess. They're getting nine and a half points at home. And we have to talk about Taylor Swift, right? Or no, you don't want to do no, that? No, we <laughs> – tra- Travis Swifty, right? Yeah. yeah. Anyway. And so this is like the biggest storyline in the NFL right now is Taylor Swift being at the Chiefs game sitting with Travis's mom. Like that is where we're at as a society. So do the Chiefs cover nine and a half in New York? Hmm. I'm going to say yes, I do, against a good Jets defense. But honestly, until the Jets make a change at quarterback, and I don't know who it is, but whoever it is has got to be better than Zach Wilson. I I mean, sorry fantasy owners that drafted, like, Garrett Wilson (laughs) or just anybody. Like, I'm in the camp of having, like, Brees Hall. Like, these guys – like, this poor Jets team, man, is like Aaron Rodgers, fourth snap of the year, season over right now. Like, I feel I feel bad for, for them. I really do. I like Sauce Gardner. I like this defense. But Zach Wilson is really bad. So, I will take the Chiefs to cover nine and a half. What about you? Dave, I'm going to be on the Jets side here. I, I do like the Chiefs to win, but it's a road game. Keep it close. Whatever. Maybe Travis Kelsey is distracted. I will be on the Jets' side here. All right, MSU at Iowa. So MSU has been a train wreck. Everybody knows that. Just lost to Maryland. Iowa is a dumpster fire, Dave. (laughs) I don't know how else to put it. This is a mess. So this is the battle of the messes. Do you like Iowa to cover 11.5? I know I can get you. I don't like (laughs) Iowa to score 11.5 points. I know I can get you to pick Michigan State. You, you've got to actually be able to score 12 points to even cover this spread. So for that reason alone, give me Michigan State plus 11 and a half. I don't, dude, this this Iowa story went from like the Cade McNamara comeback story and Cade against the world and Eric All, and it's just like, just when you thought that Iowa – football and Spencer's finally not the quarterback there anymore and it's like oh wow you actually managed to get worse like that is that's impressive I have, I have um, and Michigan State yeah yeah go ahead no I have to ask you do you feel bad for Kate just a little bit yeah of course I do I mean I'm still <laughs> okay. cheering for Kate like I, I want okay. it yeah of course. Like, however he exited, it's whatever, man. It's always go blue. I always attribute the 2021 season to Cade McNamara. I want to see him do well. And, uh, man, it, he couldn't have chosen a worse place That's to why go I feel, to to finish up his collegiate career. I feel a little less bad because you chose Iowa. Like, you knew what that was, right? Like, you're the one that actually beat him 42-3 to in, <laughs> in a Big Ten championship game. So, don't – okay. Anyway, so Michigan at Nebraska. Yeah. 3.30 kick, Dave. Wait, Nebraska. Brian, did you, did, did you make your pick? Sorry. Oh, did you make no, your pick I didn't. There? I'm sorry. I no. like Michigan State as well. I'm rocking with Sparty this weekend. Okay. All right, Michigan at Nebraska, 3.30 kick. 
17 and a half point favorites at or 17 and a half point underdogs at home. Husker Land. Who do you like, Dave? Take Nebraska plus 17 and a half. I, I feel that. I don't know. I mean, Michigan with the spread this year has not been their bread and butter. And on the first road game of the year, I know Sims has turned the ball over and it's not anything to necessarily be worried about at quarterback. But 17 and a half on the road at Nebraska, just that's that's dangerous for me. I will take uh, the Cornhuskers there. What about you? No, I'm going to go with Michigan. I think Michigan puts together a really dominant performance this weekend. I like them to to win by much more than 17 and a half. And I, frankly, I kind of expect it from this team. I, I think it's about time they put on a good performance. And Dave, sometimes getting out of your home stadium does you actually a little good. Hey, you know, they're doubting us a little bit. 17 and a half isn't that much for a team like Nebraska. So I could see them really kind of putting this all together finally. All right. Got a lock of the week for us. Yeah, Dave. So, check this out. As I was kind of surfing around, I found a little gem. Notre Dame is playing Duke this weekend. I actually love Notre Dame. They're they're five-and-a-half-point favorites. I expect them to cover that easily. Duke is getting a lot of love because they beat Clemson early. They're not that good. Go ahead and feel safe. Given the five and a half to Notre Dame, they're going to win by more than a touchdown. Lock it up. All right. I like it. Lock of the week's been pretty good this year. I would rock with that. Um, on that note, we appreciate you guys sticking with us. Make sure you like, follow, subscribe to the podcast, Apple, Spotify, wherever you're listening to this from. Make sure you hop over to the YouTube channel as well and hit that subscribe button. Greatly appreciate it as we continue to drop short video clips from each podcast. And we appreciate the support. We look forward to being back next week. Everyone have a great one and, uh, and a quick turnaround week. Go Lions Thursday night. Powered by Riverside.